everyone. This is Chris from Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars. We're going to dive in here in a second. If you're listening and you heard the roundtables or the show in general, would love feedback. Uh, there's a feedback form in the show notes. I should put the address in verbally here, right? Uh, here is the uh, address for the feedback form, pinecast.com slash feedback slash CWPLL, which as you may be able to guess, stands for Chris Watches Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, just curious. What you all think of the panels? Do you like more or less? Do you want more guests? Do you want more songs? Do you want me to, I don't know, do something else? I don't know. So I love feedback. It helps the show. It actually helps the guests too. They're very curious about how their episodes went over. I think they do a fun job. Because really, folks, this show's been out for 10 years, right? If you're listening to this, you're either watching for the first time with 2022-ish eyes, or you saw the show originally and have grown up, you know, have grown up with it. So either way, I want this to be fun. We are all here. We're on board with the show. Even if I criticize it, I'm still on board. I'm still a fan. So we're all here to have fun. And that's what I want for everyone listening too. I want y'all to have fun. I never want to bum anybody out. And I don't think my guests did either, but hey, we would love to hear what you thought. So we have a lot to talk about. And another minor revelation in this episode, not as big as last episode, but all worth talking about. Let's just get into it. Chris watches pretty little liars. Chris watches pretty little liars. Chris watches pretty little liars. So he can help you figure out who's a. Season 3, Episode 4, Birds of a Feather, uh, which is co- quite literal, but I'm assuming we might pick up on some uh, thematic tie ins to that title. Previously on, we're reminded the Black Swan exists. Caleb's like, don't go to Mona. Uh, Allie's uh, grave and remains have been dug up. And not only that, what seems to be most important for our liars is that those mementos are inside the casket. Therefore, there's a lot of concern about somehow they're going to be blamed for this, which I want to discuss briefly when we get there. Oh, we're reminded uh, Hannah (laughs) stops Jenna's car. Jenna can see. They all know that. Uh, Meredith and Byron apparently are going to be dating soon. Uh, we have reminded that the baby wasn't lost. Melissa's baby was not lost in June. That much we can say for sure. Caleb telling Mona, stop messing with Hannah. And finally, Mom is defending Garrett Reynolds. I'm officially calling this Liar's Cafe. So we're here at Liar's Cafe. They're trying to go over Jenna's story from last episode. Do they believe it? Is she lying? And Hannah says, uh, for the sake of argument, can we just assume that Jenna's telling the truth? Uh, big mistake, Hannah, by the way. But, um... So they're like, so if it's not her, there must be another A, which kind of leads us back to Black Swan. Uh, Hannah still says, it can't be Lucas, it can't be Lucas, it can't be Lucas. Of course, he's involved, folks. We all know this. So I get back to the Black Swan. Melissa and Veronica, their mother, are there at the cafe, too. And I think it's Mama says, do you want anything, Spencer? So they're talking about this with Melissa in earshot. Now, I don't know if she actually could over here, but I will say that in theory, she could. It's a little wink and a nod from the show when Hannah says, Melissa's a size two which is the exact same comment I think she makes at the end of season two of the Black Swan. I mean, we're already on the way to Melissa equals Black Swan anyway, so I don't know if that was an intentional joke on Hannah's part or the writers giving us a little wink and a nod. Either way, that is said. And Hannah does think Melissa is the Black Swan, so that's intentional. We'll just say she. We'll just say that she was intentional with that joke. Spencer, again, much like Hannah says, no Lucas, Spencer's like, it can't be Melissa. She can't be involved. And then something right out of a soap opera, Door flies open. Jason De Laurentiis, back in town like a hurricane, walks right up to Veronica and says, how could you defend Garrett? He murdered my sister, WTF, WTF. And he says, 
he, he says to her, he wants to know why. And she says, I'm basically doing my job. I want to defend the innocent. And he says, he says, well, F that. And he storms out. By the way, Veronica bangs this episode. Suddenly some bangs. Which I think in theory this occurred relatively close in time. So maybe maybe Veronica had a hair appointment between the liars confronting Jenna and this conversation. It's definitely possible. Anyway, Veronica has bangs. Uh, Spencer runs after Jason as he flees at the cafe in a, in a fit of passion. Uh, he's putting up a flyer on a telephone pole and he says he is looking for basically the flyer says Jason is offering a $50,000 reward for the remains of Allison that's that's the uh, thing he's doing and so he walks away and says you know I'm mad at everybody he walks away and then Spencer gets a a text imagine what I could do with 50 grand because the Hastings household mom's looking over the case Uh, we see a lot of Bits and pieces from our previous two seasons, right? Uh, Allison photos, uh, all all sorts of little pics and stuff. Spencer shows mom the Jason flyer, and then it's uh, Spencer asks, kind of innocently, but we know she's not. Hey, what happens to the person who's who did this? Who dug up the grave? And mom says, oh, it's like a felony, ten years in prison. It's really bad, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll probably think the person that did this is the murderer of Allison. Now that is quite a leap. Even for a legal mind such as Veronica, I don't see why they would do that. But I understand the uh, I understand the approach. So okay, but that, so Spencer's like, oh shit. Cut to school. Hannah and Arya are having a chat, talking about how Byron's going to be going on a date with Meredith of all people. Meredith, who is a part of A, and as far as I'm concerned, they're like, does Mom know? And they spot Ella in the hallway, and Hannah's like, you know what? She should hear from you before the gossip train. And Arya's like, all right. We go into the ch- go into the classroom. Chalkboard check. Chalkboard check. Chalkboard check. Sometimes the things written on Ella's chalkboard in her classroom are themes in the episode. Of course, they have to do sometimes with the relationship with Arya, but sometimes it has to do with what's going on with everyone. Of course, it has to do with the book that they're reading in class, but are they hints as to what's happening? Is it really related or is it just chalk? Chalkboard check. And we see uh, on the chalkboard, loneliness, boredom, sterility, old versus new, which are, which I guess does come up this episode, which is interesting. Uh, Ellen and Arya have a chat. Mom's busy. Uh, she's really busy as a teacher. She's like, creating papers tonight, creating papers tomorrow. And Ari's like, hey, let's have dinner. And she's like, let's do a rain check on Sunday, daughter, because I am so busy uh, being a teacher. And uh, Ari's like, hey, you should get out more. You should, like, hang out with your friends. And Ella's like, who are my friends in this town? All my friends have husbands. Uh, And Ari, at that point, does not tell her mom about Byron and Meredith's date. Cut to the hospital. Uh, Hannah tries to see Mona. And the uh, person at the desk says, Mona is not allowed visitors. You can't see her for any reason. Mona has lost her visitation privileges, and Hannah tries to go in there, and some dude blocks her path. Very, very uh, intimidating. So Hannah's like, okay. Cut to the Liar Cafe. I'm assuming it's the same cafe. Uh, Emily's getting a job there, so she's getting a job there. Uh, there's her boss slash coworker. Looks just like Jean Raphael from Parks and Rec. If you don't know the reference, I will be doing it quite a bit, because he might be a recurring character. He is the barista. Barista! And so he's getting, she's getting training from this dude. 
Uh, it might not, Steve Harrington from Stranger Things. I would allow that too. I would allow that uh, doppelganger reference for this barista. Uh, someone walks in here and he says, um, hey, are you Emily Fields? I'm Maya's cousin, Nate. Your mom said, uh, I'd find you here because you're working here. And so there's two things that are happening here, which is true. One is true. Emily says, hey, I'm working. Not Now is the best time, which is factually true. I think the performer here does a great job, though, of showing us that there's also just a little... It makes sense, right? There's a little uncomfortability because she didn't know he existed. She even says, like, I didn't know you were here. I didn't know. And he's like, oh, yeah, I live in Rosewood now. I'm going to Hollis. And you can tell there's a little uncomfortability with her, A, confronting her grief, which is, remember what I said? I would love to see us explore this. So there's a little uncomfortability, A, exploring this grief, but also like, shit, here's this guy who's a cousin of Maya's. You know, it's a lot. It's a lot to confront. So you can tell that it's part, I got a job to do. Part, I don't want to do this, period. She's going to, but you can see, you can see that in her expressions. Um, so he takes off, and then John Raphael uh, walks up there and says, "Hey, there's a whole bunch of people here. They need gluten-free biscuits." And it said like five times, "Gluten-free biscuits." And so uh, she's off to work. Hannah's on the phone. I think she's trying to get into the hospital. Caleb walks in with tickets to Bonnie Bear, and uh, Hannah does not have the reaction he was expecting. Hannah tells him, "Oh, I can't see Mona now because Run with Rien says I can't because uh, some guy walked in there and f- made her freak out." Caleb does the dramatic turn towards camera, away from Hannah. It wasn't Ren, it was me. And Hannah's like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I told, I went there to tell her to stop messing with you. And Hannah's like, well, Ren tells me it's good for Mona to see me. Caleb makes a good point here. He says, why are you listening to Ren, a stranger, and not me? I'm telling you, Mona's dangerous. Stay away from her. And you're listening to this guy with three N's in his name. And Caleb says it again, stay away from Mona. That's his line in the sand. He's said this now for two episodes. Probably even sooner. Hannah's response, stay out of it. You know, I want you in my life here. I don't want you. I don't want your opinion. Caleb throws the tickets in the air and he leaves. Visibly unhappy with this exchange. Cut to Ari and Hannah. Uh, Hannah's recounting this little fight, this disagreement. And then between the two of them, they're like, here's a solution. Tell Caleb about A. And Arya says, well, I would tell Ezra in this situation. Which I think he knows at least part of the truth. So that's kind of funny she says that. And then Arya is doing this while she's on her laptop, and Hannah sees that Arya's trying to set up her mom on dates, on a dating site, and Hannah puts together that Arya didn't tell her mom about Byron and Meredith. Ashley walks in, Ashley Marin, our favorite parent on the show. She's like, what's going on? And they're like, nothing. She's like, remember, no lies. So they show her, and she's like, hey, you should try Mainline Mate, a dating site. It's so specific, right? Even in the captions, I, I watch what captions on Usually it's all caps. This was like uppercase and lowercase. Very strange. Cut to school. I forget Jason teaches there part-time or I don't know what his situation is. But anyway, he's in the class. The bell rings. I think he does like a program, right? He does like a after-school program. Anyway, Spencer's waiting for him. Bell rings. Students comes out. She confronts him and says, hey, what's the deal with this reward? And Jason's like, did your mom send send you here to ask about it? And Spencer's like, let the cops handle it. And he's like, the cops blow around here. They're terrible. Jason needs the truth. He just wants the truth. And um, he says, I think your mom has an agenda. And Spencer says, is this regarding Melissa? He doesn't have a response as he walks away. Come back to Hannah and Arya, kind of this lighter moment this episode, because it does get pretty sad here at the end. Setting up a dating profile for mom. Coming up with different profile names, and they land on Hot Mama for Ella Montgomery. There you go. Uh, Emily and Nate are meeting outside to have a chat. Uh, We find out Nate's living in a studio near campus. And then he shows Emily a pic that uh, Maya sent him, 
So he shows her a picture of herself, uh, of Emily. So that's how he, that's how he knew her, or at least talk a little bit about True North. And he's like, well, if it wasn't for True North, maybe Maya would not have left, right? So there's a little bit of talk about that. And then um, Emily's like, why wasn't I invited to the funeral? And he's like, the funeral was small, family only. Emily says, I never got to say goodbye, which is previously in the season, there is talk about ambiguous loss, right? This inability for closure if you don't actually have the cultural ritual of saying goodbye to somebody in this situation. He says, well, hey, Maya's parents gave me something to give you. Uh, He hands her a box and inside is a t-shirt with a movie poster. And she says, well, that's where we went on our first date. And the note says, from Maya, apparently, for my M, love you, girl. And you can tell this means a lot to her. Uh, We cut to the hospital. Hannah's trying to sneak in. And as she's sneaking in, she sees Ren with three Ns be confronted by creepy detective, uh, Detective Wilson. He's like, I got a court order to talk to Mona. And Ren's like, you can't do that. He's like, yes, I can. And so he goes in to talk to Mona. Wilson does. And Ren spots Hannah. Nate and Emily move their convo to the Liars Cafe, I guess. I don't know if this is a separate cafe or not. I think it is, actually. Um, they're chatting about swimming. They have a mutual interest in swimming. Uh, talking about Stinson Beach, which is where uh, Maya and family would gather. A uh, really fun Maya story about how she would keep up with the boys by swimming in this canoe every morning. Nate adds that Maya had sent to him that Emily was her first love, which really touches Emily, of course. And Emily's like, hey, I want to send a thank you note to your to her parents. You know, can you give me the address? And he's like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll get you the address. I don't have it with me right now, but I will eventually. I'll get back to you. He runs off to class, and um, worth noting, she has a huge thing of lemonade in front of her. Anyway, uh, he left a book, so she's like, oh, he left a book here. I'll have to find him later. Cut to the hospital, Ren and Hannah, and she's like, what is he doing here? And he's like, well, they're looking for the missing remains. And uh, Hannah's like, well, she doesn't know anything. She's been here for five months. He's like, I don't know. And she's like, can you sneak me in to talk to her? He's like, I can't do it. My hands are tied. Uh, He's like, but I thought you two were connecting, so that's why I've been doing this this whole time. We have a liar meeting, and so they're like, what did Mona say to Wilden? So they're a little nervous about what Mona might have said to Detective Wilden, and then they're talking about Melissa, like, why did she lie about all this, et cetera, et cetera. So Spencer grabs some keys and says, let's go to Philly. Let's find some answers. Ella and Ashley uh, run into each other at Liar Cafe. Uh, They're looking at the poster for 50K to Jason, for, you know, for Jason, for information, and they both lament that it's never really over, is it? It's still going. It's like Allison, then Maya... Again, this position on this podcast is no one is really dead. Uh, Jean Raphael uh, gives uh, Ashley a to-go bag. Ashley, whether accidentally or on purpose, tells Ella about the dating profile that uh, Arya set up for her mom. Ella's like, interesting. We have an almost inconsequential Philadelphia sequence here. So the three liars are in Philadelphia. We see Melissa leave her apartment building, I guess, or condo. And she's going to be meeting up with Spencer for something, right? So Spencer's the distraction. Melissa leaves, and they're like, we got to wait for Spencer to tell us to go in, okay? Cut back to uh, Rosewood. Ashley and Ella are laughing at the dating site, kind of laughing about it. Ella's like, no, I don't really, I don't really date. And they both chart, start chatting about being, you know, being single and post-divorce, uh, definitely a bonding moment between the two, uh, the two women. And they've been kind of friends over the whole show, so it's kind of nice when they get a chance to uh, connect. The essence of what Ashley tells Ella is that it'll get better. It'll get easier. And then they land on someone named Frankie D. Uh, Ashley's like, do you want to share him? And they're both laughing, laughing their heads off. It's, it's actually really nice, to be honest, for uh, someone to enjoy uh, two seconds of their life in Rosewood. So it was nice to see them kind of laughing up a little bit. Come back to the liars on their sting operation. 
So liars are waiting for Spencer to text. Spencer has not texted yet. FYI. Spencer has not texted, but the three other three are like, yeah, we're done waiting. Let's go in right now. They have keys. I'm assuming Spencer found spare keys, but they just have keys. They go inside. They're searching, searching, searching. Spencer is still waiting. So Melissa has not arrived. Text comes to Spencer. Hey, hey, uh, sister, I forgot my wallet. I'm going back home. Spencer texts the uh, three liars. Hey, get the hell out of there. Of course, they don't see that. They missed a text. I forget who actually grabs the book, but there's a, like a series of four journals, it looks like. I think it's Emily. She takes it off. I don't think she actually reads it, but she puts it on the table. <laughs> Hannah just said, let's find the fake baby bump. Uh, she looks in the closet, doesn't see anything yet. M is the first one to spot Melissa coming back. They freak out. Hannah breaks some CDs. They quickly clean it up. Tension moment here, Melissa, keys, right? Opening the door, and of course, they're all gone. She does find the book on the table, the journal book, and it's a little like, why is this here? She puts it back, opens the closet. She's getting very close to the three liars who are hiding in there, but she finds the wallet. All is well. She leaves. Liars are safe. And then uh, they're like, well, this was a bust. And then someone spots a costume bag. They unzip it. It's empty. Ari goes, wait. She finds a feather. I put it in all caps. And so we resume with the liars. A liar meeting. Ari's like, the feathers match. Melissa's the black swan. Spencer still seems in denial. Still seems in denial. She's like, I'm going to go back to Philly tonight. And they're like, no, it's dangerous. If, if she is who, who we think she is, you can't go by yourself. And Melissa's like, fine, we'll all go back to Philly. Of course, Spencer comes home. And sure enough, Melissa is there, not in Philly, with a knife in her hand. Uh, very threatening, inadvertently. Melissa's like, you know, F Jason. And Spencer's like, he is our brother. And then surprising me. She shows Melissa the feather and says, look, I know you were the black swan and I know you didn't lose the baby in June. I was like, holy shit, we're just going for it. Melissa starts crying uh, and she and Spencer's like, when did you lose the baby? This is Melissa's version of events. She says she lost the baby the day after she found Ian's body. So she said, well, we lost Ian. Might be playing overhead. Lost Ian, lost the baby. And Spencer's like, why pretend? Melissa's like, it was a lot. I couldn't handle it. And then Spencer's like, why did you go to the masquerade ball? And then mom walks in and says, I'd like to know too. Boom. That was nice. Hannah's going to tell Caleb. And she's talking to Ari on the phone. And then uh, she gets a text. It says, I'm everywhere, Hannah, dash A. And there's a photo of the Montecito police at a crash site, right? So we get that. Come back to the Hastings. And Melissa spins a wild tale. I will say this. She's a better liar than Jenna is. I don't think Jenna's a very good liar. But I do think Melissa convinces mom for some reason. So she says she got a note that told her to put on the ball outfit and go to this masquerade ball. Or they're going to tell everyone that she was faking being pregnant for at least part of the time. Distract Jenna at the ball. That's why uh, she talked to Jenna. And then Melissa says, well, Mona did all this. And then Melissa runs away. Very weird. It convinces mom. It does not convince me. And I don't think it convinces Spencer. A very flimsy story. But it's enough to convince mom. And Spencer's like to mom, who else knows? And mom's like, dad knows and Garrett knows. Uh, and Spencer's like, if you don't if you don't tell me what the fuck is going on, I'm going to walk out the door and never come back. And then mom says, the reason I'm doing all this, the reason I'm defending Garrett is I looked at the defense list. I forget which list, prosecution or defense. But anyway, on that list is the private investigator that they hired to watch Melissa in light of her threats against Allison. And so their fear is, not only will the fake pregnancy come to light, but if this person gets on the stand and all this comes out, they're going to think Melissa killed Allison. Well, Spencer shakes her head 
And mom says, don't tell anyone. And then Melissa's like, mom, from upstairs, which is really weird. And Spencer's mom, Veronica, says one last thing. Like it or not, this is your family. I'm going to vote for the or not. Hannah, Caleb, uh, he shows up. This is the big moment where Hannah's going to tell Caleb all about A. But now the photo's on her mind. And Caleb's like, yeah, she, my mom was involved in an accident. It was kind of weird. Someone's trying to run her off the road. Anyway, she's fine. So this is clearly to scare Hannah. Hannah backs out. She goes, I can't tell you anymore. He's like, wait a minute. You're telling me you're hiding something from me. You called me over to tell me what it is, and now you're telling me you can't tell it. And I was like, Caleb, put it together. Put it together. What's going on? And finally, Caleb's like, I can't do this anymore. And he says, I only exist in half your life. Hannah doesn't really say anything and says, I'm done, Hannah. He leaves. And she goes, are we breaking up? And he leaves. So that's a yes, I guess. Ari gets a text from uh, Spencer. No plan tonight. I'll talk about it later, Spencer says. And so she's in her room, and Mom walks in. And Mom says to... Uh, Aria saw the dating profile you set up for me. And Aria's like, buh, 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 sorry. And says, that's okay. It's fine. It's funny. Uh, she says she also knows about Byron and Meredith dating. And she's okay with it. You know, they're both single. They can date whoever they want. She doesn't love Meredith, but it's up to him. And they kind of joke and laugh about it. Uh, Aria is very apologetic. And then uh, Ella's like, you know what? Leave up the profile for a little bit. Who knows? And they kind of laugh about it. Uh, Emily and Nate talk one last time, maybe, at the uh, Liars Cafe. She gives back his book. Um, she has a card, a thank you note to send to the parents for giving her the gift that Maya had intended for her. And I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying not to be suspicious of every new character on the show, but he keeps saying he keeps forgetting the address. He didn't have it earlier. He's like, I left it in the car. I don't have it with me now. Why don't you just give me this card? And I'll put it in a box that I'm sending to Maya's parents. And she's like, yeah. I mean, she has no reason not to trust him, so she does. And he's like, I think I'm about leaving town. You know, Maya, all everyone talks about is Maya's death. And I want to remember her for her life. Emily's like, you know what? I hear you, but I think she would want you to stay here if that's really what you want to do. And kind of F these people in a way. And then he says, well, you should take your own advice. You're going to have to let Maya go at some point. I understand the intention here, Nate. I think it might be a little early for that advice because Emily kind of reacts, I would say, a little closed off in that receiving that, which I understand. Um, but she does say, hey, if you stay, you have a friend in me. You got a friend in me. I think Emily has a little more grieving to do before she lets Maya go. I understand the intent here, Nate. Totally on board. I think we need to give Emily just a bit more time. We have a sand montage here. Aria comforting, uh, crying Hannah. Emily is uh, with the shirt. Uh, for Maya. Caleb is, I think he's at Liar's Cafe, sadly drinking coffee. Uh, Spencer is going for a walk and she runs across Jason. I mean, she knows where his house is. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, she, you know what I mean? I don't know. Anyway, he's out on the porch, of course. He's like, rough night. She's like, rough two years. She's like, LOL. And he's like, I've, I've gotten 200 calls. All of them are false. Spencer's like, I'm so grateful for college next year when I apparently leave the show because I'm leaving Rosewood. And he's like, you can leave Rosewood, but it never leaves you. So I don't know how they're going to have her. I don't know how they're going to have everyone stay in Rosewood, by the way. We'll have to, we'll have to see how they have that next season. Jason gets a text and he uh, doesn't say anything. Hey, I got to take care of some shit. So leave my porch. <laughs> uh, Spencer leaves and he's like, hey, I'm withdrawing the award reward. Uh, you were right. This is kind of pointless. And Spencer says, um, truth always comes out. Jason's like, LOL. Uh, she walks away and we see. Again, I know this is done for the cameras still, the two seconds after she leaves, he whips out his checkbook, uh, writes a 50k cash check to himself, he calls somebody and says, meet me in the parking lot in 15 minutes. So, uh, I guess he got a lead. 
Now, why this lead he trusts over the 200 other ones, I don't know, but he does. As Spencer is walking, a car pulls up, and I knew it was probably Wilden because there's that driver's side flat, you know, light thing. And sure enough, Wilden pulls up and he goes, hey, how far is it from here to Lake House? And she's like, I don't know. He's like, I'm about to find out. And he's, <laughs> he zooms off. Kind of silly, but, you know, whatever. And then post credit sequence, we find uh, someone at the Montecito Airport wearing black driving gloves. Again, I don't even think your laptop works if you're wearing gloves like that, but, but they're they're sitting in the airport with their gloves for some reason. Again, very strange. Drinking some booze. We hear over the loudspeaker, this is from Montecito to Philadelphia. So I don't afford to imply this is Melissa or this is Ian or I don't know. I, I don't know what we're supposed to imply, but they're headed back to Philadelphia and uh, they leave a $50 tip for their wait staff. What's most, uh, again, uh, so they click a little website thing from no visitors allowed for Mona to visitors permitted. Okay, I guess that's a thing that's done. And then uh, we're, do- we're done. So what do we think? The Mona part, I don't understand yet. So she was she was A, and she was left in there. You know, Ren clearly wants... So Ren and A here are on the same page, right? Ren with three N's and our driving glove person are on the same page. It might actually be Ren that did that. Okay, let's say that's him. Why would A, or a faction of A, want Hannah to talk to Mona? I don't know. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, to be honest. But clearly one faction does... And clearly, another faction is very happy for her to not talk to anybody. Of course, Wilden already talked to her. He is court authority to do so. So I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what that's all about. I still think Mona might pull a Lucas here. I think she might crack. I think she might be the one that says, Hannah, this is really what's going on. So that's that. I don't believe Miss story. Sorry. I, <sighs> I don't think she lost the baby when she found Ian's body. I'm not even convinced she was ever pregnant, to be perfectly honest. If she lost the baby at any point, it would have been the accident from the end of season one. That's when it would have happened. Yeah, I, everything out of her mouth is a lie, unfortunately. Oh, I don't think Caleb and Hannah are done. It's a temporary thing. So I think, yeah, I think Caleb's going to be laid in on the A circle. Maybe Ezra, even though he kind of already is. I'm trying to think of that person for Emily. Emily doesn't really have someone in that regard. Neither really does Spencer, to be honest. She would never tell Jason. So I think, yeah, I think Caleb and Hannah will come back together and that coupled with that will be his inclusion in the A stuff. Oh, and I had one other wild theory. So if I'm if I'm sticking to my guns on my, this whole thing with the remains is going to reveal that Allison is alive, then that means either Jason will have known prior to this situation or he's going to know before the liars do that his sister's alive. And I'm assuming... I hadn't really thought about this until literally this episode of my own show. I can't believe I'm saying this about Allison, but I'm going to. I'm going to say two very controversial things about Allison right now. One, I think we're going to see her, whenever she does really return, her on a path to recover from her previous behavior. And this is going to start here. Hold on your hats, folks. If she is going to say, hey, I'm alive, everybody, I think she wants to tell Jason first. Isn't that messed up that I would think that? That Allison, who is kind of a monster up until this point in flashbacks, etc., I think feels an obligation to tell Jason before she tells the liars. So if that is true, this whole situation with the money and everything is going to lead Jason to find out first. It's also funny that it was in the 50K, the amount that they paid the private eye. Interesting, right? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's what's going to happen. I think Jason's going to know first that 
um, his sister is alive, and then the liars will find out. Not too juicy, but the fact that we now know for sure Melissa was Black Swan, we can move on from that. Although more questions, of course, have arisen, but for now, we can move on and uh, with that knowledge, and then I don't know what I'm saying. I'm Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Magoogs, Instagram at Magoogs, Twitching at Mac to the Gow, M A C T O T H G O W. Yeah, I've said way too much. Mm-hmm.